and she's walking along. And of course, I saw immediately what was to be photographed. She had all these safety pins going down the side of the dress. Poor old Hugh didn't get a look in. It's his premiere. You know, it's his big night. And the whole thing was all based on Elizabeth wearing this fantastic Versace dress with the safety pins going down. Welcome to Fashion Forum, a series brought to you by the British Fashion Council aimed at creating positive change and highlighting the relationship between the creative industries, celebrating not only fashion designers, but the broader creative community too. I'm Josh Smith, host of the podcast Ring with Josh Smith and contributing editor at Glamour UK. And I've been an entertainment editor for a while now, so I'm so excited to host this episode where we're going to be talking all about the future of the red carpet because I've always lived for a red carpet moment. Today I'm joined by two epic guests who know a thing or two about red carpets. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves first and answer why fashion? Why did you choose fashion or why do you love fashion and how fashion? How did you get into the industry? I'm going to go first. So why fashion? It seems apt that I'm hosting an episode about red carpet fashion because when I was growing up in the middle of nowhere in a village of like 100 people with no connection to the fashion industry whatsoever, I became obsessed with fashion magazines and their red carpet coverage. And I used to use my little dial-up internet back in the day to look at premiere pictures and I found it pure escapism and I was so fascinated about it. And how fashion? I've had a long and winding road to where I am (laughs) from that young boy pouring over those red carpet fashion magazines to where I am today. I went from being a fashion assistant at Grazia to a junior fashion editor. And then I made my way to InStyle where I combined fashion and entertainment, became the fashion entertainment director there, which merged my obsession with fashion and celebrity culture and after a few years as entertainment director at Glamour, I'm now the host of a podcast. So Richard, introduce yourself and tell us how you got into fashion. I am Richard Young. I am a photographer for the last 48 years, I guess, photographing fashion in many aspects, film premieres, parties, going around the world to all the different red carpets that were available to walk on or be there, having total access to everything that I've done. And fashion has been one of the most important things in my life since the day I kind of went to school. Because I was about 13, there was this young kid who sat next to me. We used to come to school wearing three-piece suits, handmade shoes, handmade shirts, and his name was Mark Feld. And Mark Feld later became Mark Bolan, and he was T-Rex. And he was such a big influence in my life where clothes were concerned. And we stayed friends all the way through up until the time he passed away, God bless him. And we used to play truant from school and go to Soho because his mother and my father both had stalls in Berwick Street Market. And we used to go around to this shop in Old Compton Street called Sportique, which was owned by a man called John Michael Ingram. They used to have the most amazing clothes there. We could never ever afford afford all that stuff, but we always said one day we'll go in there and, and buy something. Well, eventually, having got expelled from school at age 14, my mother got me a job working there. So (laughs) it made it a lot easier for me to to get buy my clothes or borrow the clothes uh, for a weekend and always forgetting to take them back. This was 1963, 64, 65 that I worked there. And then I moved on to other clothes shops. 
long before I became a photographer. I love it. And how did you get into being a photographer? How did that transition happen? Well, I went to live in New York City and I worked for two years in Jimi Hendrix's studio called Electric Ladyland. Then got fired from there for various reasons, or only one reason, but I'm not going to really repeat it now. (laughs) Uh, So I just wandered off to San Francisco and and Los Angeles and hanged around and went back to New York City, stayed at the Chelsea Hotel and, um, and got thrown out of there as well. But I came back to London in April 1973. And I started working for a, a guy in Regent Street, had a bookshop called a Village Bookshop. His name was Jeffrey Quintner. And he came in Nikon camera after being there no more than two or three weeks. Assuming that I knew about photography, I didn't know a thing about photograph- photography. And he sent me off to the West Country to photograph the surrounding area, an architectural area of Thomas Hardy. And when I gave him the three rolls of film back, uh, to, you know, to be processed when I got back to London and he had them processed, not one image came out. But that was the beginning of my photographic career, 1973. And in next year, it'd be, what, 2023. So in actual fact, next year, it'd be 50 years of being a photographer. Wow. That's a golden jubilee. Uh, yes, I know. I might get, I might, the king might even send me a, a, a card. <laughs> My name's Rose Ford and I work as a stylist and consultant. I got into fashion at a really early age when I discovered music and discovered people like David Bowie and was just obsessed with this idea of expressing through clothes. I grew up in Manchester and I hung out with and was drawn to people who had that kind of same expression and suppose want a peacock around the city and my kind of group of friends we all made our own clothes and some of them I still own and treasure that are really good actually <laughs> we had things like like amazing parkers that we made and we had like t-shirts based on like the riots in Paris in 66 and we all used to wear matching outfits as well yes yeah, so I've always been drawn to people who kind of use clothes as a sense of expression really mm. And then how did you get into fashion? So I studied journalism and wanted to move to London to be a fashion journalist. And I accidentally worked in the arts for many years, just actually saving up money to cross over into fashion. So I worked in the arts and then I eventually got a job at a magazine in London and moved down to work, work for magazines and then started shooting actors and moved to writing to styling and shot an actor whose team asked me to come and work with him on the red carpet and do what I did editorially with him on the carpet. I love that. And that's brought you to the red carpet. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And the red carpet, as we know it, has definitely become a thing. And I'm thinking of those iconic moments like Elizabeth Hurley in that Versace safety pin dress. Oh, yeah, we were there. Oh my God, you were there for that. Yeah, we did the pictures. What happened was two days before the premiere, I got a phone call from Versace publicist. She rang me and said to me, when you see Hugh and Elizabeth walk down the red carpet, make sure you get to Elizabeth's right-hand side and it's going to be a very big surprise. So on the night, I'm on the red carpet. I was one of the only one or two photographers allowed to roam. 
and she's walking along. And of course, I saw immediately what was to be photographed. She had all these safety pins going down the side of the dress. Poor old Hugh didn't get a look in. It's his premiere. You know, it's his big night. And the whole thing was all based on Elizabeth wearing this fantastic Versace dress with the safety pins going down. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, that the pickup on those pictures around worldwide was in, as, astonishing, and they still are selling today. Oh, my God. Elizabeth Hurley really coming through. Yeah, really. <laughs> With those royalties. And, I mean, I did a little bit of research into the concept of the red carpet because I didn't really know where it came from or how it started. But apparently the first Hollywood red carpet was all the way back in 1922, at the opening night, the silent film Robin Hood, starring Douglas Fairbanks. I didn't know that, but I love how Robin Hood was stealing from the rich and serving us red carpet glam at the same time. And then decades later, the red carpet was first introduced at the Academy Awards in 1961, but as a practical way of guiding the year's attendees, such as Elizabeth Taylor, to the venue. And then three years later, the Oscars red carpet was televised and then in 1974 people magazine launched catapulting the carpet to a new territory giving everyday people across the globe access to images of the stars even the red carpet in the time that i've been doing red carpet since 74 back in the day when i first started it was all black tie and evening gowns and very very glamorous I mean, you, you normally see it probably on world premieres. You probably see it um, on royal premieres when, you know, whoever, whatever royal is attending, that they do bother to dress up and look very fabulous. Oh, my God. I mean, that in that time, there's been so many iconic red carpet moments. But for you, Rose, what was maybe the iconic red carpet moment that always sticks in your head and maybe inspired you to become the celebrity stylist you are today? I think what's really interesting, actually, with Richard's point is, so I started doing red carpet maybe close to 10 years ago, and I started in menswear, and actually my background was editorial, and I'd worked for numerous magazines from Italian Vogue to Numero and some more of those kind of smaller, cool art house um, indie publications and I'd been such a purist in terms of my fashion and and kind of previously to that my first job was actually in the arts and so I came from this background of being all kind of like yeah very purist point of view of fashion a very kind of like intellectualized view of fashion and when I got offered my first red carpet client I was quite resistant to do it Mm. And one of the reasons why is because I was coming from menswear and we've seen menswear has changed so dramatically over the last 10 years. And actually, I think men have been more empowered to break out of protocols of wearing, tailoring to get dressed up or the tuxedo. And I know that like when I first started doing key ceremonies like the Oscars, I started really breaking down those boundaries because I didn't see any reason why we should stay in a formulaic version of what we'd seen for so many decades and now I'm I work with more women and I work with women who say we don't just want to be in the long dress or just breaking down any idea of like what traditional views of masculinity femininity all that thing 
is that concept, mm. you know? So maybe I'm the person that <laughs> Richard's looking at going, well, I think I'm dressed in that. <laughs> The red carpet's changed so much over time because of the immediacy of television and then also photography and image capture. Because now it's not like people want the images after two minutes. And like, you know, mm. I was thinking about when Timothy Chalamet did that sort of reveal and conceal <laughs> top back this summer. And then all of a sudden it was like, it happened. It was immediately on our phones. Like, yeah. how do you think technology has really changed the shape of the way well, we experience the red carpet? I, lo- I love all the technology. I've always been a big fan of it, or even if I couldn't get onto my, onto my Google today to get to you guys quicker. <laughs> I love all the technology. I love all the new cameras. I love all the te- the way that we can transmit pictures straight from the camera to the picture desk. I love the fact that the quality of the new iPhones are quite incredible. Those lenses are absolutely superb. I mean, I was thinking about buying two mobile phones and just work with those because the quality is just as good as using a camera, you know? So why why bother in slapping around a big Nikon camera, which weighs a ton, and when you could do it straight from the phone, press a couple of buttons, and it's transmitted already to the picture desk. Totally. And also now, so many people are so obsessed with the behind-the-scenes images that the glam team takes of the celebrity before they even hit the red carpet. And I mean, the way the role of a stylist has changed in the last 10 years, over the last 50 years, is so extraordinary. And if you think back, like Edith Head, she designed Oscar gowns for the likes of Grace Kelly, Audrey Hepburn, Elizabeth Taylor, and Vogue accredit her with being kind of the world's first stylist in a way and I mean that is so long ago that's back in the 50s but view ways how do you think you've seen the role of a stylist change on the red carpet it's actually interesting because I think it actually goes even further back I'm working on on a project at the moment where they're looking historically into like 18th century dressing and how Mm. the courts and the royals had these people which when you break down the role are essentially stylists you know And how do I think it's changed? One, I think people are taking more risks. And, you know, one of the big things, like I said before, because I came from a a more of a like a fashion and arts background is that I wanted the conversation on the carpet to be current because I felt like there was a point where, and like I said before, especially with what we kind of like, like to categorize as menswear is that, it wasn't current. You were getting like incredible like visionaries like, you know, Virgil at LV or what Kim was doing bef- before at Dior. Or There was all this kind of amazing stuff happening in, in menswear. But then you were looking at like 26-year-old cool guys wearing a tuxedo and a really classic. And it was like, where are the twists? Where are the nuances? Where's the new conversations that we're having in this world? Where is that on the carpet? When what Richard said before, like the carpet has a ability to cast far and wide mm. more than publications can. That's the big thing for me, which I think now is happening and is happening at such a rate that the conversation between runway editorial and the carpet are becoming a lot more aligned which I think is really exciting and I think when you have like incredible talent and personalities who are able to then marry that with a house's vision or a young designer's vision because that's the other thing as well that I think has changed is that people are are becoming increasingly not afraid to wear and break a new designer on the red carpet Mm. 
which I think is really brilliant, is making it really kind of innovative, which I don't know if it was so much before. It was the world of like hyper luxury, which it still obviously is to a point, but you get these little moments in between, which are really kind of like interesting and renegade, I suppose. For you, when you think back to all the looks you've put on the red carpet, is there a one that you're most proudest of for pushing boundaries and pushing that box and that definition of what is expected on a red carpet? I think my kind of early career with menswear, because, you know, I would ring up a designer or a PR agency and say, okay, I'm signing this actor for the Golden Globes. And they would send me the most basic suits. And I had to really fight to get those more runway cuts and I worked so hard my early kind of red carpet career to make sure that I wasn't just being sent the usual kind of boring tailoring so like when Mm. I first started cracking through that with a lot of my actors and and we started kind of changing things up I did the first ever custom bit for Dunhill with Mark Weston's new direction and Mark Weston's like an incredible visionary in tailoring and we did his first ever bit of custom at the Oscars. I did Loewe's first ever bit of custom in terms of tailoring as well. It's those kind of moments where you're bringing those real visionaries in fashion and you're taking their vision and repackaging it for the red carpet. Mm. And I mean, that plays into something which is so interesting about red carpet dressing because brands find it a very lucrative way of pushing their new look, their new collection. And it's a huge moment of publicity and it's kind of can travel even further than even a magazine ad can. Like, I feel like it's completely changed the framework and the publicity of so many brands because so many different brands now also have like VIP dressing PRs who just focus on that. Like, how important is the red carpet to brand relationships, do you think? It's really important. And and actually, it's becoming increasingly important. And like you said, these roles within the, the brands are changing. As Richard said, like, you know, his image, he'll take an image and it flies out and it's everywhere. And it's and it's revisited, you know, mm. years later as well. And, and there's brands that, you know, I work with who their strategy five years ago, three years ago even, was not red carpet. And now it's it's, yeah. it's a top. Of their strategy but I think that goes back to that thing of like the the conversation between fashion runway and red carpet becoming closer and becoming more entwined because when it wasn't like that before you know it was just like we have our runway collection that goes to the magazines and then we have a few suits or a few dresses or we have our major ambassadors who we do incredible custom for you know it's changed so dramatically oh my god it totally has I think the immediacy of social media has made everyone a fashion critic now and everyone a red carpet reporter Lena Dunham came on my podcast recently and we were talking about the way the fashion critics have changed and she was saying about how it's now become about celebrating people in their true form whereas beforehand in sort of like in the noughties and the 90s it was about ripping people's clothes apart on fashion police and she was saying that as much as a goddess that she thought that Joan Rivers was she she's never been called fat more times than anyone else like she's now 
leaning into who she truly is in the red carpet because she feels like she's not going to have the same level as hate or dissection that she used to have. Are you seeing a new freedom, Rose, in your client base and not as being so worried about, say, things like fashion police and how detrimental that kind of culture was? Well, there's always criticism out there. You're not going to make anyone happy. Everybody happy at the same time, you know? Like, there is people that completely welcome change and there's people that don't want it and there's people that welcome expression and individuality and then there's people that don't want it you know and my thing is that as long as somebody feels like themselves and confident mm. in themselves and and never being worn by the clothes as soon as you're worn by the clothes and you look styled it's over you know mm. and I don't ever put a look on my clients that it hasn't come and been birthed from collaboration I discuss so much with my clients from like books they're reading to films they love to family background their cultural background their social economic to like artists they love you know it's not like do you like this lamband dress you know yeah. it's it's about kind of like pulling out their personality and subtle nuances that kind of make the look and convey their personality, essentially. And I think when people truly feel themselves, it doesn't matter what other people think, you know? Mm. It's so true. One, one of the, I think one of the great dressers at the moment one is Harry Styles. I think Harry looks great. I photographed him a couple of years ago in his bright yellow suit with a beautiful waistcoat with a purple chiffon kind of tie thing around his neck. I think it was at the Sony Brits Awards dinner. And it was, he looked absolutely magnificent. I mean, that guy's going to be such a big star, even bigger than he is already. I mean, you can't tell Mick Jagger what to wear or not, not to wear. I mean, the Rolling Stones have had their own style for years now, and they always look fantastic. I mean, it's quite incredible. That, that guy really looks great in whatever he puts on. Mm. And it has become the red carpet is such a moment of self-expression. And it is also a way of pushing your trademark look as well in the way that Harry Styles does. And I mean, Richard, you photographed so many things in your time, not just red carpet ceremonies, but when do you think that the red carpet took the most precedence in your career? When do you think it was at its peak? Well, I think it's been important all the way through, but it's been different elements of it. You know, back when I first started, as I said, it was very, very chic. It was very, all the women looked fabulous in their long dresses and the men really did make an effort to put black tie on. And then... Probably back in the eight in the eighties and maybe the early nineties, it kind of drifted a little bit, you know, and, and people didn't see it as serious or as important mm. because um, there's been such an increase of red carpets for very for for so many different reasons, not just movies, but for fashion awards and just lots of award shows uh, have red carpets or blue carpets or pink carpets. I'm not quite sure. There's so many different color carpets they go. <laughs> Um, um, they're never just red anymore there's always little something uh, and um and i just think that um everybody really looks great but i think in the last five or six years and because of lockdown and everything else everybody is making a much bigger effort now to look fantastic because they want to get out there and look great oh totally and i think it's i think the red carpet is also 
an amazing opportunity for not just young young up-and-coming talent but also young independent brands too like there's so many brands like for instance like Adam Roxander they've really benefited from the exposure from celebrities wearing their garments but then equally young emerging actors or musicians benefit from early instructions to big brands as well Rose how do you balance that when you're styling your clients I always just think that you're kind of like fashion cachet cannot just be built in the luxury world. One of my jobs is to introduce people to these new designers coming forward. If you're an amazing actor and you're making films back to back, you're not always like checking out the runway shows and like (laughs) up to speed with like what's Bianca Saunders up to and what's Martine. And some of my clients do stay really abreast, but you know, most of them just don't necessarily have that bandwidth with their own careers so part of my job is to basically be like okay so you're you know you love x y and z this really influences you you should be checking out you know this designer or that designer and I think that if you're kind of like just in that kind of luxury realm yeah it's it's great and often majorly profitable but I don't know if you're missing out on like a chunk of amazing kind of creativity to tap into Mm, totally it can be a really amazing launch pad for talent it can be an amazing launch pad for brands as well but also one of the great things about the red carpet is it can really be a change for good and there's definitely been a huge growth in in activism amongst the creative industries and we're seeing we're seeing a lot of celebrities use the red carpet looks to express more than their personal style Do you both think that politics belong on the red carpet? Fashion has always been reflective of what's happening politically, socially, like economically. It's always responded to it. No artist or creative goes through their life living in a bubble, you know, like you have to react. Politics is something else. I mean, you know, and politicians are not very good dressers anyway. So (laughs) what would they know? (laughs) I definitely do think that the red carpet can really be a platform for change. I mean, you've only got to look at like the 2018 Golden Globes where all the female attendees wore black in solidarity with the survivors of sexual abuse. And it was a huge statement about Me Too. And that, that in that moment, really shows how powerful fashion can be with pushing a really important message that needed to be heard and seen. One of the kind of the best things and sometimes the worst things about the fashion industry when it's ignored is that there is an ability to react to things and in a in a creative space, you know, and fashion has numbers on it. So, you know, it's powerful. Mm, Totally. And I completely agree. And, And it's an amazing way to end this conversation. Before we go, we've shared how and why fashion. And I'd like to know now fashion what does fashion mean now or what is the future of fashion and I'll go first I definitely do think that in a time in a very difficult time that we're living in right now I think it provides a lot of escapism and I think it can also be a huge platform for change be that political gender politics sustainability and I hope that the red carpet continues to be that. I hope it continues to be that platform. Um, 
for you, Richard, what do you hope is the future of fashion? Um, that I still enjoy it. I will still wear my 150 ca- different cashmere sweaters. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, I think I've got the world record on that one. Um, <laughs> Um, I love clothes. I love clothes. I love clothes since I was a kid. I mean, if you saw my wardrobe, you would not believe it. It's, it's an excess of kind of wearing things that I enjoy, have enjoyed. And I've had so many wonderful influences all my life from various people or, or from myself, how to put things together. But nothing will ever beat the bread carpet. The bread carpet will always be there for everybody to go and watch and look at and take from it. Because, you know, as, as everybody's been saying, the, the wonderful designers, the designers of today are so creative. They're so, so wonderful in, in putting together so many great looks. And the red carpet will go on forever. It won't disappear and it'll be there for everybody to appreciate. Mm, I love that. What about you, Rose? What's the future of fashion for you? I think the kind of interesting like level of diversity in terms of points of view and opinions and creativity will hopefully continue to grow and I hope that that's something that social media helps with as well rather than hinders yeah I think that you know we seem to be entering a phase where there is power given to young designers coming through and different views like Maximilian going to Ferragamo so that's what I find really exciting is to see where we go with this new landscape and these new ideas coming forward and then how that can translate onto things that happen in the red carpet Mm, i love that well i can't wait to see it and thank you so much to you both for joining me so i can geek out on my red carpet world i've absolutely loved it thank you so much to richard young and rose ford for joining us for this conversation i'm josh smith and you've been listening to bfc fashion forum If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you want to discuss further, drop your comments at British Fashion Council on Instagram.